0: To the KC City Church audio podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. Amen. Just want to thank everyone for sharing, Brian and Tracy for their communion and uh, even Sam for the reading. Really thank you so much, Karen, Stuart and the family. Really want to thank you and for Malcolm as well. We're so glad that we could we can still come to you. Friends, we can still come to you via our live stream so as you would realize that there are some of what we've done today that has been pre-recorded just in different homes as well but right now i'm coming to you live so this is this is exciting i'm 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 right now actually speaking speaking to you this is this is not pre-recorded at all and so we are really thankful to the team that we have as well that's that's made this really possible you know church we are we're certainly in in some challenging times and you've heard this again and again. And, you know, last, um, on Wednesday, I believe, I think, yeah, we sent out an email... You would be receiving emails on a Monday, Wednesday, and and Friday, uh, but a devotion went out on Wednesday, and we've put that up in our Facebook community page as well, and it's called the Power of Two, uh, taken from Matthew eighteen, uh, chapter eighteen, verse nineteen. And w- when I heard last last week uh, the Prime Minister saying that now social groups are down to two, and hence we're doing what we're doing um, in in this in this manner. Uh, I was immediately reminded of uh, what Scripture says about where just to agree upon anything on earth, it shall so be done by my Father in heaven. Abba, Father, we just we just saying that, right? That we belong to you. We belong to you. So imagine that 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 God is able to just use the two, the two as two come into agreement. How awesome and how powerful it is! And you, it it may be just the two of you that are. Uh, that have tuned in today to watch this wherever you are do do know that this that the the power and the presence of God is there with you because that's that's the promise of the Lord and that is so exciting today for us to be able to know that that each week you know each week when 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 I begin to hear something like this um, when, when I listen to the to the news, from the Prime Minister. Generally, it is on a Sunday evening about what the next week is going to be looking like for us. You know, to me, that feels like as if it is it is getting into an elevator it is getting into a lift now, and we are going up to this next level. What's the next level up? What's the next level up? And that's, that's how I'm taking all of this, that the opportunity that comes to us is actually God now lifting us up to the next level lifting us up to the next level so church isn't it exciting for us to be at this level right now to begin to experience the things that god is able to do through you and us you know we we can never be defeated we can never be, be be squashed and be pushed away because God in us is far greater than he that is in the world amen you know our God is big our God is mighty our God is is incredible and that's the God that we you and I serve and and that's that's who we've got to really rejoice so as as difficult as it may seem that we are we are somewhat confined to our homes and some of our homes are smaller some maybe bigger and some there may be uh, so many of us within and you know it's it's a it's just another great opportunity you know in malachi it says that the lord is um, um, restoring the hearts of his children back to their fathers and their fathers back to their children. W- w- what a powerful thing that God is doing and how he's redeeming this time. Uh, as Again, as difficult as it may seem and as challenging as it may seem, God is on the move. Can you say amen with me? Come on, say it one more time, amen, that God is on the move. Amen. Now, one of the only things that can remain a constant for us in, in, in the context of where we are in is this relationship that is anchored in Jesus Christ, right? So in order for us to remain spiritually buoyant, you know, that buoy that, that we've spoken about, it needs to be anchored and Jesus is that, is that anchor. So today, as we celebrate Palm Sunday, Right. It's a day where Jesus, you know, as he as he came into the city, they had these palms and they began to wave at him and they began to celebrate the things that he's done and who and who he is. So we celebrate this today, Palm Sunday and next week is our Easter Sunday as well. So stay tuned. Uh, We've got uh, we've got something special for you next uh, next Sunday as well. But today. I, w- I want to continue with our series, and w- we are on a series reintroducing Jesus. You know, as they welcome Jesus on Palm Sunday, we are on this series reintroducing Jesus, and uh, this is our uh, this is part five. We did uh, we started off with I. W- we're looking at the seven I am statements that we find in the Gospel of John, and we started off started off with uh, Jesus saying that I am the I am the bread, so the bread of existence, right? I'm the light of the world. I'm the door. And last week we looked at, I'm the good shepherd. And so this week we're going to look at, I am the true vine. You know, and as, we, and, and as we look at this, that he is, that Jesus is the true vine. Can I invite you to turn with me to John chapter 15, verse 1, right through 11. Right. I'm sure. I am, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. But abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear But if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like the branch and withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Now, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Right. And I just want to read verse 11. It says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be full, and that's the conclusion. That's where God wants to bring us to, right? In this, we we realize that He wants to bring us into this place where our joy is going to be full, right? And 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 that He becomes our joy. He really becomes our He really becomes our joy. So I want to thank Sam for reading that earlier as well. And uh, if I can just ask you to just just bow your heads for a minute. And just begin to ask yourself, as you consider this, where the Lord says that I'm the vine and you are the branches. Let me ask you this question. How connected are you to the vine? Take a moment and really ponder that. You know, we sang that song, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. We express and we we declare that as the deer pants after the water, my soul longs for you. I thirst for you, Lord. So begin to just ask yourself this, where are you? And I want, I, I want this question to be in the back of your minds this morning as we go through this passage of, uh, passage of Scripture. Uh, I also want to take this time to welcome those of you who are just joining us. You know, we really want to thank you. And for those who may not be part of our church, but you're joining us online, we want to welcome you. And, and if it's the first time, please stay tuned. Uh, every Sunday at 1030, we're going to be coming to you in this, in this manner at least at, at least at the moment, amen so jesus now is saying this that i am the true vine so let me give you a little bit of background here when he when he spoke this now um, he was with the disciples in the upper room where they where they observed the uh, passover meal and where jesus had instituted the lord's the lord's supper Now, it was there where Jesus had washed the feet of the disciples. We see that in John chapter 13, the betrayer. Judas was also uh, uh, identified at that point in time. And... um, and things were being done in order to prepare for the crucifixion and the resurrection, which we're going to experience uh, next, uh, next Sunday. We're going to be looking at that. So in John 14, 31, Jesus said this to the disciples and he said, rise up, let's, let's go from here. So uh, having left the upper room now, they headed toward the brook Kidron, which ran through the Kidron Valley, now that had separated the city of Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. Now it, is, it was in this valley that there were various, uh, various kinds of vines that were there. right? So it was probably at this setting that Jesus now utters this amazing statement to the disciples, and he says this, and he declares this, He is deity. He is God, He's the Messiah, in a sense. I mean, he d- doesn't use probably the word Messiah, but he says he's deity, he's God, because he associates himself to the Father. So when Jesus said, I am the true the, the, the true vine, the minds of the disciples began to race back to the Old Testament. And you know why? Because Israel had for many years prided itself in being the vine of God. So the context, and, and as I said about even all of the other um i am statements that we looked at there is that there is the context if you remember if you remember when jesus uttered and and declared this that i am the light of the world he said it at the court of uh, uh the court of women just by this huge candelabra that would light up the whole city so so jesus now at this place again is bringing context to this and is saying that yeah you may think that that as Isra- that Israel has prided itself as being the vine of God. In fact, over uh, over the main entrance of the temple, the, uh, what was detailed? Uh, oh, sorry, there was a there was a detailed carving. Of a gold leaved symbol of the vine and branches and grapes. And as people entered into the temple, the symbol of the vine was right before them. So Jesus now is associating himself to that and saying, He now is not just the vine, but he's the true, the true vine. So I am the true vine, or literally it says this: I am the vine, the real. I'll say that again. I'm the vine, the real. Implying that he is the only true vine, that he is the true source of real life and fruitfulness. So, the fruit produced by a branch is only as good as the life or the sap flowing into it and through it, which is only as good as the original vine stock. So, other sources that you and I might be able to cling to will fail. But if you're joined to Jesus, you will produce good fruit in your character and in your life, so meaning in your work. Now, if Jesus is not your source, friends, we cannot bear good fruit. So what he's saying here is this, that an intimate spiritual union is what is needed. I am the vine, Jesus says this. You are the branches in, in verse five. So as believers, we are, we are like the branches in the vine, drawing their drawing our life sap from the central stock. So Jesus here is setting forth the spiritual dynamic of this new relationship. And he's introducing this now to the disciples, to, to a group of people that probably have never heard this at all. So it is this new relationship and fellowship. So, so Jesus is the vine or a plant with large stem from which grow long branches that naturally run along the ground bearing grapes. So the branches are believers who are in Christ, united to Christ by this new, by, uh, by the new birth. Now upon believing, we are then put or baptized into Christ and we were regenerated as a new creation, which we find in 2 Corinthians 5.17 and made one spirit with him in 1 Corinthians chapter 6.17. You can please look at those verses when you have the time. So we are in him and he is in us. I mean, how awesome is that truth? We are in him and he is in us. So we carry him imagine everywhere I go I'm carrying him. So I move here and I'm carrying him wherever I go I carry him. It's not it's not as if I um you know I leave him behind and I go somewhere else. No Jesus is with me. Anywhere I go he is with me. Now that is such an awesome truth. It's like you know when I when I board a plane for instance it takes me somewhere. If I don't board that plane, I'm not going to go anywhere at all. And if I want to go to if I want to go to that place, thousands of miles away, I've got to board that plane in order to get there. So that's that's it. If I if I want to get into this kingdom, and if I into his kingdom, and if I wanna to begin to experience the things that he has in store for me, right? life in this kingdom what is it going to look like i have to now begin to get into i have to board that i have to get into him i have to get into his life right and when i'm in jesus then i get to see where he's then now going to be taking me into amen so where is he taking you to where have you been journeying with him this past few weeks friends you know what's your journey been has it been filled with fear or has it been now filled with, with, with faith? Has faith come and dispelled this fear? Or is fear still looming around? And friends, today's passage on I am the vine is really going to help us remain in that place because the, the thing that, that, that I want to highlight today is the whole context of abiding. And that's one of the most fundamental and the most important rules. How do we abide in him? But let's, let's go through a couple of verses before we get there. Amen. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruits, he prunes, that it, may, that it may bear more fruit. Jesus is big on fruitfulness. There is a progression here as we see. Right? So what's, the, what's this progression? We see that progression from no fruit into some, having some fruit. We see that. So that's, a, that's the, the, the very first thing, from no fruit into some fruit. Now, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, the Greek word is airo, A-I-R-O, which means actually he lifts up. So the translation take, takes away is fairly misleading, really. It sounds like as if God has cut us away, right? He's, he's, he's cut us off as soon as we are unfruitful, right? As soon as we are unfruitful, he cuts us off. And that's not it. He actually begins to lift us up. So the trans, so, so this translation takes away, as I, as I mentioned, is, is misleading. But the, the verb literally means to lift you up. Right, or to lift up. So without the gardener, uh, uh, without a gardener, the vine or this wild vine will bear no fruit at all. Now this is because it runs along the ground and what happens? It gets covered in dirt and dust with foliage hiding from the sun and soon it dies and it actually really withers. So the result is what? The result is barrenness. Right. It's like a believer who is away from God, living in in the dust and dirt of the world, hidden under condemnation and shame. It's it's like it's it's really like the branch that bears no fruits. So the first thing what does what the first thing the vine dresser does? is to look for these lost branches and to lift them up into the light and to wash them clean. Clean of the dust, clean of the dirt, clean of the insects, clean of the things that have, 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 have uh, most probably taken them away, taken you away, right? Now, when we sin, God wants to forgive us, right? He wants to wash us and he wants to lift us up so that we can bear fruit so that we can bear much fruit. He wants to actually lift us up and not really cut us off. And you know, so often, you know, sin brings us, brings us to this place where, you know, we find the sense of, of, of condemnation. We find this, this shame and because of shame, you know, we feel, no, I, I, I really can't come. I really can't come to God because I feel so shameful. So it begins to separate you and I from God. And you know what happens during that time is we might come to a place where we feel, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. I feel I, 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 I need to do something uh, in order to come back to you. And that's where the problem is. We always feel we need to do something as opposed to coming to him and realizing that, man, my God has done that for me already, right? But we, we've also got to realize that saying sorry alone is not it. Being remorseful is only the start. It, remorse needs to lead into repentance. So often we find ourselves remorseful. So often we find, but repentance is what? Repentance is a change of direction, it's a change of heart and the change of mind. That's what repentance is. So, friends, remember that being remorseful is not enough. We need to really repent if we want to, if we want to move from some fruits, or if if, if we want to move from no fruit, actually, into having some, some fruits. And And the next, the next aspect, the next progression that he takes us into is to move from some fruit into more fruit. <laughs> Isn't it exciting when you see, you know, we've got a, we, we've got a um, uh, there's this fruit tree, it's persimmon, that's right this persimum that we have in our backyard and um, you know we were all really excited especially my wife and my daughter they were really excited about this and as it was planted and all of that and after going in and uh, and 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 actually getting that getting that fruit there was there wasn't much fruit at all at the start but when they got that fruit, and when they tried it, it was so sappy and it was so tasteless because it wasn't the right, it apparently wasn't the right uh, persimmon tree. It was an ornamental version of it. And in, in, being, in being fruitful, sometimes it is important for us to begin to examine what sort of fruits are we producing you know, is it there just for sure, just for ornamental purposes? Or is it something that when someone really, really would have taste that it's gonna be amazing, right? It's gonna be amazing. So let's look at this as, this, this aspect of, uh, of getting more fruits. And every branch that bears fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Now the pruning phase is quite a painful phase, right? Means cleanse or to cleanse, to purge, and you know we were we were advised many many years ago that we were looking at you know the roses that we had in our home, and we found that man it wasn't as as lush and as um, as 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 fruitful or bountiful as some that we had seen in different homes, and so. We're speaking to a friend who then mentioned to us the importance of pruning and the way to actually really prune it, to really cut it back completely, almost to completely cut it back. And when we began to do that, we began to see that, man, these, these roses began to flourish as well. So there is, there is truth in the whole pruning process. And God wants to prune us through his word. So as Jesus had pruned his disciples in verse, in verse 3, uh, and, and you know what, friends, this is not so much a problem of sin, but of our natural inner life, becoming overgrown as such, right? So Jesus calls us to deny ourselves, right? To lose our selfish inner longings for things that don't really matter in order to gain a higher a more fruitful spiritual life that does not necessarily exclude the things that may bring joy or fulfillment to us, right? We need to really discover this because as we begin to do that, we really encounter the incredible things that He has in store for us. And, and I call this the unexpected blessings that the Lord has. Now, how much is fruitfulness important to you? How much is it? right? We can be believers for a very long time and yet not live a life of fruitfulness, right? I'm sure you'd agree with me. The danger here is that God then slowly becomes irrelevant because we don't find that we are being fruitful and so we replace it with so many other things and then he becomes absolutely irrelevant. The parable of the sower, Puts it this way, where the seeds fall on ground, where weeds eventually will choke it. Your spiritual life is in competition with the other good things. So take time, friends, to examine the unfruitful attitudes. What are some of the the unfruitful attitudes? Uh, Their worry, their fear, their unproductive ways of thinking. And where then is your time going into? You know, what, what sort of projects are you in? What hobbies, what, what ministry? Computer games, preoccupation in the, uh, um, in the uh, stock market, right? W- w- where is your mind? What, what are some of the unfruitful things? Now, these things are not bad in itself, but it's more the question of what's hindering, what's in competition with this life-giving flow, the SAP, right? coming into your life as soon as you remain connected to the branch. So again, we're talking about this connection here, being connected to the branch. And you know, Jesus brings this across and this is in chapter 15. Now moving from chapter 13, where he identifies Judas. So look at this context, Judas, one of the 12. How was he connected to Jesus? as opposed to the 11. Now that's a thought for you to really consider today. So the season that we are in demands for us to consider this a whole lot more. And why? Because things are being stripped away from us, right? We are being forced to let go without much of an opportunity to really even evaluate what it is that we need to give up, right? But things are just being stripped away, right? What a wake up call for us. For us all to begin to consider what is really important to us, what is important to us, you know, looking through these uh, the, the the series, I'm just blown away at the season we are in and how the series is actually really speaking to us at this point in time. You know, what an opportune time for us to begin to consider how am I to view this this true the true vine, and how connected am I? right? How connected am I to the true vine? So it's actually time to consider what is it that can be taken away from us? What is it that requires our attention? And if you stop for a moment, what can God take away from you right now? Do you sleep too much or do you sleep too little? Do you spend too much of time on the TV? Do you spend too much of time doing a host of other things that are Certainly unproductive. Do you have time with your family? I mean, there are so many things that you can begin to uh, begin to look at and, and consider at this point in time, friends. But what is it that is creating the sense of unproductiveness in, in, in so many of us? Procrastination is one of that as well, right? And what requires attention today? What can you give attention to? So let me take you to the next and my final points is what I believe can draw us into that place and can cause us to continue to remain connected. And that is abiding in Christ, the key to bearing much fruit. You know, when, when we abide in Christ, the context of procrastination, I was just listening to... Um, uh, someone share about uh, this this aspect of success and what are some of the things that the that 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 successful people begin to do and, and and procrastination is something that they don't necessarily give themselves to that when something is dropped when when an idea a vision a dream even today as what you're hearing when it is when it when it comes to you, the next twenty four to forty eight hour hours is vital for you to begin to implement that. Because if you don't, then it'll it'll again just go by the wayside. So remember twenty-four to forty eight hours, my friends. Begin to adopt the very thing that God is speaking to you about. There are things right through our service that He would have already began to begin to remind you, maybe begin to inspire you, comfort you, encourage you. Now, all of that take to heart and apply that over the next 24 to 48 hours. So to abide... What does that mean? Simply means is that we are already positionally now in Christ, meaning in relationship. But now we are also told to then stay with him, to remain with him. So this abiding clearly depends on our ongoing cooperation. So how do I stay connected? Abiding in the vine, abiding in Christ. So the word abide, it means this to wait, to stay or remain, continuing in a permanent state, to make one's home in him. <laughs> now the word home, we are all confined to our homes, aren't we? And again, what 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 a what, what an awesome truth right now. The fact that we are confined to our homes imply that it tells us that we have now this opportunity to abide in that. Abide in that place. Now, as we abide at home, what's happening at home in order to create a a space that everyone can abide? How can my children abide in my home? What do I need to do in order to ensure that they can abide, that I can abide? What can they do in order to make sure that we as parents can begin to abide in our homes? Right? And that's the same context that we've got to come to God with. What do we need to do? What do we need to clear? What do we need to push away in order to remain, in order to stay, in order to begin to abide, right? So while we do other things, our life is centered around our home. For we go out from from our homes, we come back into our homes. We go into the world and then we return. Right? To bear much fruit, we are to make Christ then the home of our consciousness. Maintaining this continuous, active, open fellowship, connection with him. Spending much time in his presence. So what does it mean then again for you and I to be aware of his presence? Or how can we be aware of his, of his presence? Remember I started, I started earlier saying in Him and He in us. So with him, when he is with us, his presence is with us. And wherever we go, his presence is with us now. So many of us have different ways of of beginning to encounter his presence. Sometimes we look out at the creation and we begin to see the awe of God. And that begins to inspire us and we suddenly really experience and we are aware of his his presence. You know, friends, I use the word aware because his presence is with us 24-7. But our our awareness of His presence is the issue. So there are things that you and I can do. It's worship, right? For me, it's worship. I may want to sit at the piano and I may may want to worship. And that suddenly brings a real awareness of that. Listening to worship songs, getting into His Word, you know, looking at things that um, I get inspired by you know, vision that he may release and begin to realize that, yes, that that looks impossible and that is impossible, but you know what? It is in that impossibility that I begin to experience his presence because that's why God comes in. It's not in the possible, it is in the impossible. So whilst these days may loom and may look like days that are impossible to us because everywhere we turn, we find, man, I've just, I mean, I've lost my job. I may mean, have been made redundant. I maybe have uh, you know as a sole trader, as a as an employer, the challenge is, is hard and difficult. But we gotta rem- but as we remain in this space, we begin to encounter The God who knows our yesterday, who's present today and who knows our future, that will come to you and I and begin to release within us. Last week, we looked at that, that the Lord is my shepherd and He leads us. He's leading you and I. Isn't that that amazing that He's leading you and I? So abiding in Christ is such a central idea in our Christian walk. To abide means again, Right to continue in a permanent state of relationship with him. You know, I want to abide in this constant fellowship with him. Relationship with him of of this of this connection. Of this major connection. You know, verse verse 20. Uh, sorry, verse 15. It says this, these things I've spoken to you. In a sense, it's saying, I want to summarize the, 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 the purpose of what I've shared with you. Right? Jesus is saying that I want to summarize all of this. And this is how I'm going to summarize it by saying this, that my joy and the sap may remain in you. Receive it by faith. Receive the joy of salvation by faith that your joy may be full, developed by obedience. The joy of doing the will of God. The joy of doing the, the will of God. You know, friends, as we close right now, what is the Lord Asking you to rid yourself off. What have we been hanging on to? What have we been hanging on to? Think about that. Take a moment again. I asked you that question earlier. I want to bring it back to this. What are we? What? What are we hanging on to? You know, I. I, I look at this season as, as difficult as it is. Right at the start of the year, the Lord—I've I've shared this a few times—and I feel it's, it's so vital f- for me to bring it again and again to us because I think any way and every way we look at, we are, we are confronted with this question today: How can I trust my God? How can I trust Him more? Right. How can I trust him more? And as we abide in him and as we stay, as we make our home in him, as we remain connected, right? And this is what Jesus is saying that he's telling the disciples, I'm going to be going. You're going to see me go through something that is going to be um, excruciating. And you're going to wonder now, this person whom we thought was our Messiah has now been brutally killed, murdered. And all of their notion and their idea of who he is was stripped away at that, at the cross. But then three days later, he begins to rise up. And so what he's telling the disciples is this, that if, I, if I'm if i not gonna be the the true, this true vine, then you will never be connected to me. So I have to be that to you. And in order for me to be that to you, you need to abide in this place. And that you find that even if you fail, it's okay. The vine dresser will come. My father will come and he will lift you up. Friends, he's lifting you up. And I think you need to hear that today because some of us and some of you out there, you're feeling like as if you've been forgotten. You've been, you know, the Lord has just left you. He hasn't, friends. He wants to now come and begin to lift you up. So, give of yourself to Him now. How is He going to lift you up? Just close your eyes. Just close your eyes now and begin to open your heart to Him and say, Jesus. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. I come to you right now. I want to say this to someone there are some of there may be more than someone you may feel so far away you may feel like the prodigal you may feel like as if you have you have taken the things that you've had and you've just you've just somewhat just lost all of that you've wasted away your time you've wasted away maybe even your finances, you've wasted away your time. And you've been just going around in circles, wondering what, what can I do? And there's a deep cry in wanting to come back. And you hear the father saying, Abba, the father just comes out to you. And he's just running. He's just running to you. And He brings you in before you could even reach that place. He comes to you and He embraces you. Then there could be some of you here right now, you're you're so unsettled. And I, I, I hear this word unforgiveness And I hear it from the context of an abuse that you may have had. The Lord is saying, hey, I'm here with you. Remain with me. Release that unforgiveness so that it will not be there anymore. So that it's not going to hinder you from coming close to me from remaining with me, from remaining connected. And you can now begin to say, oh, that it is well with your soul. Oh, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. And maybe that's where you are at. And let the Lord just come now and begin to bring that sense of peace in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, we release healing over those who may be unwell at this point in time, in particular, those who may have been tested positive with this coronavirus. In the name of Jesus, we release that healing over you. And we pray that you will experience The mighty power of Jesus Christ flowing in and through you. Friends, today, I want to end with this invitation of saying, come back to this place where you will be able to sit and reflect and allow God to just strip things away from you. If it is happening naturally because of the situation that you and I are at, then use that as a springboard to come into a space where you and I will now make a decision to say, God, take that away because I really want to trust you a whole lot more. And if he's challenging you to begin to love a whole lot more, enter into that space and say, God, how can I love a whole lot more? And friends, What's the third aspect? Just live in the spirit of expectancy. Continue. Now may God bless you. May the peace of God continue to go with you. And know that it can be well with your soul. Hallelujah. God bless you, and we love to see you again. Remain connected, please. Friends, if you've got any prayer requests, email that to the church to prayer at kccc.org.au. You've got your connect group leaders. There are groups that you and I have been deviated up to. Please meet with them. Spend some time today, if you can, after, after our time, after our service today and reconnect with these individuals. Do it over Zoom or do it over FaceTime or do it over Messenger, whatever platform you are comfortable with. But please don't remain by yourself today. Remain connected with the others as well and let life from them come into you too. So God bless you and may the peace of God continue to stay with you in Jesus name.